Welcome to A Year in the Bible with Pastor Doyle Jackson. Day 157, Ezra chapter 8, 9, and 10. Humbly return. Day 157. Humility is the proper way to approach your superior. It's not a common thing in our world. You know, have you heard this joke about humility? Why was the equal sign so humble? Because she knew she wasn't greater than or less than anyone else? Yeah, I know, it's a cheesy joke. But it's not humility to compare and, and then bow. Humility recognizes true authority. As God's children, we bow before God's authority. He's got authority over heaven and over earth. The reason we pray for our elected official is we know God has placed them in power, sometimes with or without our participation in a democratic society. In Ezra chapter 8, he assembles the people who are returning with him to Jerusalem with the letter and the permission of King Artaxerxes. This is chapter 7. But the authority and the power really comes from God in their lives. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. This is why fasting is important. It should be a regular part of our life to remind us that God is our strength, not our minds or our bodies. He will protect and provide us with life and family in this world. He's in charge. In chapter 9, Ezra, he has this prayer to get his heart towards God. This is what he says in verse 6. I'm too ashamed and disgraced by God to lift up my face to you because our sins are higher than our heads and our guilt has reached to the heavens. Wow, he's got a pretty clear idea of how deep his sins are. The people have engaged in marriage that was not based on God's word and covenant. The problem of their marriages was that they were not putting God first. They were practicing idolatry and marrying idol worshipers. Ezra intercedes for God's people by confessing their guilt. In Ezra chapter 10, the people join in the confession of sin by weeping. This is a supernatural sign of revival when people begin to weep like this. I pray that we will weep before God. This is a hard passage because it says that they issued divorces for all the priests who had married foreign women. It even includes some people that have already had children by these foreign women. Now, you need to understand, this would have been a real crisis. Israel isn't against marrying foreign people. We know that because we have the story of Rahab. We have the story of Ruth. It's that these women, these marriages were built on an idolatry, a false worship. It gives no information on how they cared for these women after this event. I don't think we can take from this a prescription for divorce because people are intermarried from different backgrounds and cultures. It's kind of like the Benjamite dance of Judges chapter 21, verse 23 through 25. 
It doesn't suggest that you and I or anyone run out and capture their wife and drag them home to be their spouse. It's not giving us a biblical mandate for capturing wives or divorce for intermarriage around the culture. What it's saying is it's wrong to be married when you have different beliefs about who God is and you believe it's okay to have idol worship. Get rid of the idols and confess God as your Lord. It's clear that they investigated each case individually. They dealt with each man individually, each woman individually. Each one that wanted to serve God participated. Apparently, there were some people that they chose to separate from God's people and stay in their marriage. See, they humbly approached this sin before God. Let's pray. Lord, help us to humbly serve you and walk before you. Give us the courage to weep before you and repent. In Jesus' name, amen. Read on, even when it's hard, it's worth it.